Well, hello everyone. I'm Carrie Beck with Homeschool Superheroes and How to Homeschool My Child. And y'all are in for a treat today. I get to spend a little bit of time with Tana Myers and we are talking about a topic that is really near and dear to my heart, which is Christian character. So welcome, Tana. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yes, we're going to be talking about teaching Christ-centered character in your homeschool. Uh, Tana runs a blog, Proverbial Homemaker. And before we dive into actual Christian character, I'd like to just see if you would um, tell the viewers a little bit more about you, and then we'll go through um, Christian character together. Sure. Yeah, and I'm glad to be here. My, Like she said, my name is Tana Meyer. I am a homeschool mom of six. My youngest is four and my oldest is 13. And I've learned not to try to say all their ages because <laughs> I won't get them right. Um, and my husband and I, we live in the Northwest, beautiful Northwest Oregon, and we you know, enjoy it here. We, we are weirdos because we like the rain and <laughs> although it's not raining right now, but um, yeah, we just have a lot of fun. We're a busy household. Um, we have lots of things going on and we just really enjoy homeschooling. That's so exciting. I didn't know you're from the Northwest or Oregon. What part of Oregon? We are about an hour south of Portland. I grew up in that area. So, okay. We lived in Moscow, Idaho for four years. And so we did go down sort of to the border and the little wine country along there. So it's beautiful up there. It is. So. It is. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you're here. Well, let's just dive on in and uh, maybe you could just, we could just start off and let our viewers know why is teaching character so important and what does that look like in your homeschool? Yeah, well, I, I think most homeschool moms know that it's important to teach character. We all want to teach our children, you know, godly biblical character. And we do have some resources that we use and I'll mention them later, but I think over the years, it's kind of become a mishmash of different things. But there are a couple of key ideas that have become really important to us in our character training and have kind of shaped how we approach it. Um, I think that, like I said, as homeschool moms, we know that habit training, character training, a focus on the gospel, teaching our children about God and his word, those things are so important, but they're also really intertwined. Um, for example, when we teach our children good habits, not only are we helping them with life skills and helping our household run more smoothly, you know, keeping our sanity and all those good things, <laughs> but we're also teaching them patience and diligence and order and obedience. And we're teaching these things that are necessary to carry out those habits we're teaching them. And all of that is character. So um, the things that I have discovered are the interesting thing about character training to me is that we are essentially teaching our children that they must do something. We are requiring them to do something that they actually can't do, at least not apart from Christ, right? Mm -hmm. We know that we can get to a certain point on our own efforts to do well, but we all know that godly character is impossible apart from the work of Christ in our hearts. And the same is true for our children. And that's really important to remember. So as homeschool moms, as we're diligently teaching our children God, godly character, we're not only doing that so that the days will go smoother and that they'll grow in those habits. Um, as important as that is, the real value of character training is that we're pointing them and ourselves to our need for the savior. And then we're sharing the gospel with them over and over. And that gospel-centered character training has become kind of a key for our home. 
Um, when we share the gospel with them, we tell them that all we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. You guys know this, but I'm just going to go through it. We oh, all yes. sin and fall short <laughs> of the glory of God. But because of his great love for us, he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever repents of their sin and puts their faith in Christ as their Lord and confesses with their mouth that he's the Messiah will be saved. And we tell our children the story in various ways, various pieces over and over as we're teaching them their character. We teach them that the Holy Spirit will then come to dwell in their hearts and help them change from the inside out to be more like Jesus, to grow in that character of Christ that we're teaching them. And so gospel-centered character training has the effect of not only helping our days go smoother, but pointing our children to their true need, which is for Jesus, sharing the gospel with them faithfully, and then helping them to grow in the fruit of the spirit. And as they grow older, you know, as our kids have grown older, that relationship and that process has become more of their own journey. They've owned that more. And we have laid the foundation of developing a habit to looking to God for their growth rather than solely on our own efforts. And I think we've all had those lessons in our lives where we've realized we need to trust in the Lord for our growth, not just, you know, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and do better. So in our home, character training is very focused on relationship and on the gospel. And it's, you know, it's a lengthy process. It takes time and energy. It takes more focus in the midst of busy days and conflicts. And, you know, I'm the first to admit that's hard as a busy homeschool mom, but I believe it's, it has eternal value and it's more impactful than a lot of the behavior modification tactics or worse works-based focus that we may see emphasized in different resources. I love that. I love the idea of the gospel centered because it's only through Jesus Christ. I also think it's, we're dealing with the kid's heart instead of just their behavior. And it, if you don't change their heart, nothing's going to change in the long run when they become adults. So the other thing you mentioned, well, at the very beginning, you were talking about changing character qualities. And my first thought was I was with a friend and I was talking about how much God had taught me self-control. And she looked at me and I said, I don't mean like me self-control. I mean, like the Holy Spirit is providing <laughs> yeah. self-control. He's the fruit of the spirit, you know? And I really appreciate you saying that that is through the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the spirit. Um, and that's self-control just happens to be one of those qualities. So right. well, tell us a little more about the lessons that you do and what kind of materials that you actually use uh, to teach godly character. Yeah, I, you know, I, I like to collect resources. It's it, Some might call it hoarding, but I don't call it that. <laughs> I call it just shopping for homeschool stuff. Um, but we use a lot of different resources for character, but the, I think there's been three that I think I've zoned in on and really relied on. You know, they're my worn and tattered copies. Um, of course, our Bible. We use our Bible a lot. Um, we really enjoy the resources from doorposts and also from character concepts. Those are our favorites. Um, and in our family, the rubber really meets the road in character instruction when we are spontaneously teaching our kids in the moment. But it's been so important and really valuable for us to make sure that we're laying the foundation for that with some intentional lessons throughout our homeschool, you know, our daily homeschool weeks. Mm -hmm. um, so for example, uh, we like, we love the character concepts books. So we'll just, we'll get all the levels because we have kids from all levels and we'll just read through them as read alouds. Um, each week we'll read a little bit and we'll discuss the different character traits and they really like them because they have, you know, real kids in them. And we'll talk about the problems that are presented and how they're handled and the biblical character trait and the scripture and just how those things apply to our lives. 
and what can we can relate to and what we're learning, just very natural conversations. And it just helps us, that's such a simple thing to do, but it's, it really helps us to keep these ideas in our regular conversation. They're just a part of our lives. You know, our kids will bring up those stories in, you know, in their play or they'll make, uh, they'll connect it with other lessons we're learning. So that's really helpful and simple to do. So if you can find a resource like that where you're reading stories, there's lots of, you know, literature that you can read that have, you know, biblical character built into it, you could try that. And then the second thing we like to do is do intentional character lessons. And that's what we use the doorpost resource for. So we use those in a couple of different ways. We really like um, there, it's a big thick spiral book called For Instruction Righteousness. And a lot of people have it, but aren't really sure what to do with it. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you what to do with it, because this is what we've been doing for years. Um, the first thing is when those um, times happen, when you realize that your child has a character issue that needs some attention, maybe it's lying or hitting or sulking or whatever it is, we have found that resource to be really helpful. And usually we already have some scriptures in mind and some ideas on how to handle it, but we try to make a point of cracking that open and looking up that character trait and seeing what other scriptures or ideas or Bible accounts, um, different characters from the Bible that could help us to teach to our child and to really speak to their heart. It's a really great way to develop a plan for how to talk to your child about that thing and how that works particularly well for them. So one day my husband or I, or both of us, will take the time to talk to that child and, about that character pattern that we're seeing in them that is concerning. And because we like to focus on relationships, we make sure we listen to their thoughts and their concerns. We share our own with them and we prayerfully instruct them on what the Bible says about those issues. And that because we love them, we wanna see them grow in that area. And we talk about their choices and their consequence and God's heart for them. And of course, in that time, we discuss any discipline or any plans that we're going to put in place and we pray with them. So um, now for my older kids, my kids about third grade and up, in our loop schedule for them for homeschooling, I work in a task called Devotions with Mom. And I put it on their loop schedule so that we just make sure that every once in a while when we get to that task, I make time to sit with them and talk through one of the character traits in that book. And that's just because, you know, You'll have children who have certain character traits that are always an issue for them. And you'll be talking, you know, you don't have to worry about it. You'll be talking about those, but there's lots of other character traits that they can benefit from and learn about. Um, and so that just helps us to make time for discussing those things. And none of these conversations have to be super heavy or deep or long. It's just a time to connect with your child, um, to continually point them to Christ and his character and um, to the word of God as the standard for your family, including ourselves. So that those are kind of, um, that's a simple way that we incorporate the lessons into our home for continual and consistent character training. And you can do that kind of thing with any resource that is available for you. That's so good. Before we move forward, you mentioned loop scheduling. Could you just explain in a nutshell what you mean? I understand what you mean, but maybe the people watching don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, um, I pink puffy heart loop scheduling. <laughs> it's like my favorite thing uh, because I'm not a planner and I don't like to plan anything. And so I just like to do the next thing. And so loop scheduling is basically, you, you know, you have the things that you do every day in your homeschool, for example, you can do this for homeschooling or homemaking or whatever. But let's say in your homeschooling, you have a list of things your kids do every day, reading, writing, math. 
And then you have a loop schedule and the loop schedule is an, a different list. Um, you can actually see them over here on my wall. I have one for mm -hmm. each kid. And um, it's a looping list that has all the things that need to be done, but don't necessarily have to be done every day. You just want them to happen consistently. And so maybe on Monday, they'll do their daily things and they'll do the next thing on the loop schedule. And maybe that's the devotions with mom. And then the next day they'll do the daily things and the next thing on their loop schedule. And maybe that's, you know, writing, whatever it is. And you can make it two items or one item. And the way that's really helped me is so that when things fall through the cracks, you know, when I tried to plan everything, things would fall through the cracks and I'd feel like this utter homeschool failure and it's all falling apart. And this really solves that problem because if the day falls apart, you just pick up where you left off the next day and you keep making progress and you don't really have to worry about rigid schedules. So that's what I mean by that. I just stick it on their loop schedule on the bottom and I know that we will get to it eventually. That's so awesome. And it gives mom so much grace to themselves because they do put all this burden on themselves. Before we go on to doorpost, oh my goodness, I use doorpost. My for instruction in righteousness is the old spiral bound one. There are crayon marks on some pages. There are pencil marks on other pages. It's an excellent resource. And as the kids got older, I actually let them use for instruction in righteousness on their own, whether that was to deal with their problem or to look at other um, things so that so I wanted them to become independent in their character growth, not me yeah. always saying, here's the verse you need to read. So yeah, that's a great idea. I love that. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. That's a great resource. So um, you mentioned a little bit about spontaneous teaching opportunities in daily life. Um, is there anything else you would like to say about that? Yeah. Um, so there's a couple things you have to have in place before you do any spontaneous anything with character training, because <laughs> otherwise I just from experience, I know it'll just, it'll go downhill fast. <laughs> so the first thing is, like I said, laying that foundation of instruction that I already talked about, that's really helpful. So if you're, if you're feeling frustrated with how things are going in your home, um, you know, give yourself some time and say, I'm going to take a week to come up with a plan for how I'm going to work in regular character instruction into our home. And the reason why this is so helpful instead of just trying to jump right in is because when you're in the moment of a character issue or a conflict, you need to have words on the tip of your tongue so that you can use those words to explain them to your child. You need to be able to have common understanding of the problem you're talking about and the solution that you've discussed and the consequences of their behaviors and all of these things. And unless you've talked through that with them, things aren't gonna come right out of your mouth and they're not going to understand, you're not gonna be on the same page. So it's really important to just come up with some sort of plan and give it a little bit before you dive into, okay, now, you know, Johnny is talking harshly to his sister and we're gonna deal with this now. Um, and I know that's hard, but even one thing that's also helped me, I just wanna say this really quick, but if you aren't quite there yet with a particular, like let's say Johnny speaks harshly to his sister and you've never discussed that with him really, it's okay to tell them, you know, the way you're talking to your sister is wrong. We need to discuss this. I need some time to pray about it and think about it and talk with your dad about it or whatever it is. Please stop what you're doing and go, go do something else, kind of deflecting them. And I'm going to discuss this with you later. It's okay to say, you know, I'm going to take some time to work through this. And then we're going to talk about this because it's important. You don't have to have all the answers right up front. So that's the first thing is we'll make sure you lay the foundation. The second thing is I really recommend this. 
um, being practiced at having gospel conversations. And what I mean by that is, can you quickly and simply explain to your children the gospel and their need for, a G for Jesus, connecting it to these daily conflicts and challenges? And I know for me, um, I didn't, I wasn't able to do that. And so I had to actually write it out, practice it in different ways, talk it through with my spouse. It felt really awkward at first. You know, that's not the kind of home I grew up in where we talked about these things freely and fluently. Um, but that was incredibly helpful because then as you're speaking to your child and you're praying with them and all of these things, I feel like the Holy Spirit really gives me those moments, those opportunities where I can speak to them and say, look, we need Jesus right now. And here's the gospel message. And that I think sticks with them more than anything else. So those are the two things I would focus on first is laying that foundation of, of daily or not daily, but consistent instruction and then practicing gospel conversations. So, okay, when those spontaneous teaching opportunities arise, you know, when Johnny starts complaining or Susan speaks harshly to her sibling or Michael's being lazy and won't do his work, um, what I do is we stop the situation and we quietly pull them aside and we talk about it. If it's something we've already discussed, we have the words and the phrases and the context to be able to say, hey, you know, what went wrong in the situation? What were you, you know, what, what did you, what were you trying to accomplish? And did that work for, out for you? And if not, let's talk about that and um, talk about what the consequences will be for that kind of behavior. Recall your conversations from before. For younger kids specifically, we actually have them act out the correct response because you know, I've noticed with little kids, they almost make a, a, it's almost like a physical habit of doing, having a certain reaction to things. And so when you have them practice the right response, they're actually more likely to remember that right response later than if they never practiced it before. And plus they just get tired of you telling them to practice it. So next time they'll do it right. <laughs> um, and as far as consequences, cause I know that's, that's a big question, you know, for parents, what consequences do you use? For us, um, there are certain actions that receive immediate consequences like hitting and lying and defiance. And, and as far as what the consequences are, that's something you need to work out with your spouse and, and with the Lord. But um, there are, besides those immediate kind of consequence situations where they're hurting each other or others, um, hurting themselves or others. We like if it's laziness or, you know, a pattern of disrespect or things like that. What we do is we keep, we just keep being diligent and faithful to teach them over and over and over and instruct them. And over time, if, if we've noticed that they've developed a pattern of disobedience or a pattern of um, laziness or whatever it is, then we, they begin losing privileges or having added chores or whatever we deem is appropriate for that situation. As we see growth in that area, you know, we see the fruit of the spirit in their lives, then they, we give them privileges and rewards back. And so we kind of treat it as a very gradual relational, um, kind of thing rather than something like a chore chart, for example, or not a chore chart, but like a consequence chart, for example, um, that, you know, it seemed like a good idea for us at the time, but it didn't really end up working out. And this way, we're focusing on the instruction and pointing them to God's word, and then um, adjusting their consequences and privileges based on where we see growth, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it sounds like it's more per one for individual kids, because 
every kid responds like, for instance, I have two granddaughters in the same family. One responds to a spanking, the other one could care less. You could probably spank her 25 times. But if you pull her out of the room and say, you need to go sit in the other room by herself, she's such a social child that she's like scooting on her bottom over to where everyone is and has to move back. Now they're only four and six, but I'm just saying, Every, every kid's different and you do need to take it individually. That's a really good point. I appreciate that. So, um, well, you mentioned teaching character uh, by calling out examples from different homeschool subjects you're learning together or you have. Can you explain what you mean by that? Yeah, that's something I love doing because that, it's just one of my favorite parts of homeschooling because th there's, there's so many opportunities, right, to pull from what you're learning in pretty much any um, subject. I can't think of anywhere it won't pop up. Even math, it will pop up, <laughs> you know, and it'll come up like in the word problems and stuff. But you can look at all of these examples of character, whether it's godly character or ungodly character, and talk about those and relate those to the character lessons that you've been doing together and the conversations you've been having. So obviously the Bible is a great place to go for that. Think of all of those Bible characters. Almost all of them have good and bad. You know, almost all of them have <laughs> godly character traits and really horrible character traits, <laughs> just like everybody else, basically. <laughs> so that's a great place to be, to be honest with them about the strengths and weaknesses of each of these characters and talk about, you know, pointing to Jesus in each of those and their need for the Savior and their need to repent and all of these things. Um, and history, obviously, is also full of examples. So as you come across them in your history lessons, pause. You don't have to do it for everyone because then <laughs> history would take forever. But you know, when you see a particularly interesting um, example of godly or ungodly character traits, pause and talk about it and say, remember when we talked about sloth, you know, slothfulness a while ago or whatever it is, how does this relate to that? You know, tell them to relate the story back to you and, and make those connections. Um, it can be really valuable. And other examples that we, we rely on a lot are current news and events. We like to watch the World Watch 10-minute um, news in the morning um, for kids every morning. And that is, that's a, a fantastic way to introduce current events and politics to your kids in a way that's Christ-centered. And so we'll talk about the different examples to come up that come up. We like to read missionary biographies and those are a great way of talking about strengths and weaknesses because, you know, missionaries aren't perfect either. <laughs> Um, we can talk about characters in literature in the picture books we read or, you know, the high school selections we read, whatever it may be, the whole range, you will find ample examples to discuss with your child. And of course, you know, looking for role models in your church, in your community, and talking about how they exemplify the character of Christ is really encouraging for your child. And so we, lo we love to do that. And um, if they're still living, if the example we're talking about, if that person is still living, we like to pray for them together and pray for, you know, that they'll either turn to God and away from what they're doing or to remain steadfast in their faith and God will continue to guide them and protect them and inspire others too um, to follow his path. Those are some great ideas. And I had never heard of World Watch, the 10 minute thing. I wrote that down and that sounds like a great thing to do as well. I will just share one quick story. We were, my daughter didn't want to read Pippi Longstocking. She was like nine years old. And I was like, I love that in fifth grade, but we had a conversation with her. I mean, I did. And I was like, so 
what is it? Why don't you want to read this? Because I always, if I'm like, you need to at least read a third of the book before we put it away. Well, she didn't like it because Pippi Longstocking lied. And of course, me as a fifth grader didn't even think about it. Her, she, and I was like, I, that just convicted me so much that she, one, she knew the difference. She knew lying was bad in our house. And um, I just, anyway, so you have a conversation with your kids about these things. Sometimes they'll find things that we don't even see ourselves. So anyway, yeah, that's like, true. yeah. <laughs> So what about a mom that's really struggling with her own character habits? How would you encourage her to be able to still develop Christian character in her children at the same time? Yeah, that is something, that is a question that's dear to my heart because I completely get that. I completely get those feelings. You know, I could, um, my kids could probably list for you all of my <laughs> character <laughs> <laughs> I am certainly not, you know, a perfect example to them, but I'm not supposed to be. That's why we point to the character of Christ and not to ourselves. Um, so I encourage you, even in spite of those feelings, to continue being faithful and teaching your children about Christ, about the word of God, keep teaching them those godly character traits, because we are imperfect mothers and we're teaching imperfect kids. Our aim isn't perfection right now. The goal is to have a genuine walk with Jesus ourselves so that our children can see, you know, they're close by us every day. They're watching us. They're listening to our words and they're watching our deeds. And they're seeing that we are authentically and genuinely following Christ, even if it's imperfect right now that he is working on us. Um, so I know it's hard, but don't be afraid to admit it to your kids when you fall short. Um, show them what it looks like to confess in prayer, you know, pray together and confess to God when you, when you sin. It's so humbling. And it can be really hard, but I am telling you, it is a gift to your children. Show them how to repent of your sin, how to walk in the way of Jesus, even when it's difficult. Um, your authentic example of discipleship could be one of the most impactful and valuable gifts and examples you could ever provide for them. So that's what I would encourage you to do. Just, you know, you are a disciple just as your child is as a disciple. And even though you are leading them, you are both being led by Jesus. That's so good. I grew up in a generation where adults did not apologize to children. But when we had children, my husband was like, if we make a mistake, we will apologize. And just what you said, it is so humbling. And to this day, my kids are adults and I still have to humble myself and apologize to them without an excuse, you know? And so, but God is refining me. He's also refining the kids, just like these other moms as well. So what are some final words of encouragement that you'd like to share for the moms that are watching today? Um, I think that when it comes to character training, what really helps is if you just keep in mind and remember that we are teaching our children the character of Christ. You know, keep that phrase in your head. We are teaching, you are teaching your child the character of Christ. Thinking of it this way, instead of just thinking of it as a long list of godly character traits in some book that you have to teach them in order to be a successful mom. No. You are teaching them the character of Christ. It helps you to have compassion and grace for them when they fall short because they will, just like we will. It helps you to stay the course when things get hard because you know how important it is to keep going even when it gets difficult. And it helps you to remember that you're, we're focusing our eyes on Jesus, not on making our kid 
different, you know, behave different so that we look better or so that we feel better or so we feel successful or so even that they're successful. Your goal is to point them to Jesus, to point them to his character um, and to keep teaching them the gospel. And so just keep that phrase in your mind that you are teaching your children the character of Christ because he's the only one that can truly change their hearts. All we can do is keep planting the seeds and pointing them in the right direction. So my encouragement to you is to not grow weary of doing good. Keep lead, leaning on the Lord. However imperfect it is, be faithful in your parenting. Um, I am fully convinced that when God calls us to work, he will equip us for that task. And that includes teaching our children godly character. You are not alone in this. So just keep leaning on the Lord for guidance and he will take care of the rest. That's awesome. Thank you so much. He is. He's the only answer. and He's the only one that can change any of us. So thank you. Well, I appreciate your time today. If people want to um, get to know you a little bit better, where could they go to find out more about Tana Meyer? Yeah, you can go to proverbialhomemaker.com. Um, I write there all the time about homeschooling, homemaking, and following Jesus. And you can also, I have a Facebook group called Homeschool Successfully. So um, perfection not required <laughs> is the tagline. It's a really good community of lots of um, wise women and I'll go in there and share often. So I, I would love to connect with you guys. That'd be great. So, well, thanks so much for spending time uh, with us today, Tana. I appreciate it. You have some really good words of wisdom and I just hope these moms, I just need to pray for them, not right now, but that they just really listen and keep their eyes focused on Jesus because he truly is the answer to anything that we do in raising our kids. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh -huh. Well, I'm Carrie Beck with homeschoolsuperheroes.com. We'll talk to you in the next interview.